superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Competition. This Competition. is the Rich Eisen Show. Competition. Competition. The pitch to Stanton. Goes. From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. A Stantonian home run. What did I see wrong? He's at first base. The Rich Eisen Show. I'm ready. Let's go. Earlier on the show, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Fox Sports Rules Analyst Mike Pereira. University of Cincinnati wide receiver Alec Pierce. Still to come. Yankees broadcaster Michael Kay. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. Right here with you at 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. This hour is about you. It's also about hearing from Urban Meyer, who spoke today. After I mean, he's he's on an apology tour. He's like in his, his 90th straight hour of apologizing. <laughs> Baby, I'm um, sorry. Matt Nagy uh, announced Justin Fields as his QB1, which is, as I told you earlier this week, that was his only move. Mm-hmm. And uh, Justin Fields also spoke. So sound bites galore coming up. Your phone calls again at 844-204-RICH being the number to dial here on the show. I love this guy. I've known him for a quarter century. Uh, I loved getting to know him when I was mostly a baseball guy back at the Worldwide Leader in sports. His voice is on in my house more than anybody else's on the television set. He's the voice of the New York Yankees, which is a dream job for anybody who grew up uh, in the New York City area. And on top of it, he's added one of the most listened to sports talk radio shows in the country. Uh, the host of the Michael K. Show, Michael K. here on the program. How are you, Michael? I'm great, Rich. How you doing? Well, I don't follow baseball anymore, Michael, uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> that was rough. <sighs> okay. What do you think the aftermath is? What's going on in the Yankee front offices today? Do you think, Michael K? What do you think? Uh, I think they've got some tough decisions to make, and there are several ways that they could go, Rich. Mm-hmm. You know, do they do they sacrifice Boone to the baseball fan gods uh, to give them something? If they did that, I think it would be disingenuous. He is doing the bidding of the front office. There are scripts that are written that he, of course, can deviate from somewhat. But it's essentially from up top the way this game is played by the Yankees. So if they get rid of Boone, and that's what Yankee fans seem to want when they call into my show, if you get Boone 2.0, what difference does it make? Boone's a great guy. He represents the organization very well. I think if they go with something different, like a Bochi or a Socia or a, or a Showalter, then I think that indicates a seismic change because there's no way – any of those three guys take that job and are still allowing the front office to be as 
um, influential on their decisions. I think they want information, those guys, but they're going to make the final decision. So uh, I think that that's what they have to decide. It's not, it's not Brian that's going to decide. It's going to be Hal Steinbrenner and his family. You know, do, is it time to change? You know, they've won one title in 20 years. So I'm not quite sure what's going down because I think that Brian Cashman thinks that Aaron Boone does a great job. Uh, and you know, for what Brian wants in a manager, Aaron is doing exactly what he's supposed to do. So maybe the information that Aaron's getting isn't as good. That's something to consider. Well, I mean, what's not as good is that starting pitching. I mean, uh, unless you want to go the way of the Rays, the openers, and then get the, the, the 10 guys who throw 100 miles an hour to give you an inning and an inning, you know, two innings a night. I mean, uh, and, and then a, a team that strikes out way too much. I mean, kind of that's what we saw last night. Uh, Stanton came alive, and Judge and Stanton back-to-back are just incredible. I mean, when they mash, that's the, the two best guys you can put next to the, uh, in a lineup in Major League Baseball. But it's just, you know, uh, 11 strikeouts, no walks. That's what happened last night. Fewer Six or fewer hits. Like, the, the last time that happened, from what I saw, was 2015. 11 walks and no uh, 11 strikeouts and no walks in the postseason games only happened twice before in the history of the New York Yankees. I mean, what about the roster makeup here, uh, Michael? I, I think the roster at the beginning of the year was terrible. It was terribly conceived, all right-handed. Uh, they they did a midseason correction with Gallo and with Rizzo, and I believe that that helped. But if you looked at last night's lineup, Rich, that's that's a that's a non-representative lineup for a postseason game. After Stanton, from the fourth batter to the ninth batter, they were one for 20, and the one was an infield hit. Right. And your cleanup hitter just can't do it. So, again, the Yankees like home runs, and they don't seem to mind strikeouts as long as they come with walks. You know, the whole three true outcome nonsense. Right. But I got to tell you this if they roll it back and do it again and bring this crew back, it'll be the same ending. Because what you've got in that lineup now is 200 strikeouts, 200 strikeouts, 200 strikeouts, and if you start Gary, 200 strikeouts. That's too many strikeouts. And I think, you know, they're very, you know, they're very set in their ways, and they believe in the decisions they make. But I don't think Gallo is the answer. I don't. I just, I, I don't think he's the answer. He's going to strike out in the full season 230 times, and I know he's going to walk 120. To me, that's not good enough. The guy hit 160. So. I think they've got, if you look at this lineup right now, Rich, who's the sure thing coming back? Who's the sure thing that you say, that guy's great, that guy's great? It's Judge and Stanton. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe, maybe you say Glaber Torres is our second baseman. And maybe you say Urshela is your third baseman. Who else is the sure thing? They've got to get a shortstop. They probably have to get another catcher. They've got to solve what they're going to do at first base. Do you bring back Rizzo with a lot of money? Is Aaron Hicks the answer in – in center field, these are tough questions. I'm not quite sure what they're going to do. Do, they, do you really want to roll back with Gallo? And if they traded Gallo, would that be admitting a mistake? They've got some tough calls to make. This is not going to be an easy offseason for them. I would agree with you, Michael, uh, just to answer your questions there. Uh, I would trade Gallo. That's what I would do. Uh, I would keep Rizzo. I don't know. Uh, again, you're, you're closer to the team. Um, he, he strikes me. He's got like O'Neal in him. I don't know if they if they do have the same personality, but he's just got this way about him, this leadership quality about him, this left-handed hitting quality about him. I I love him. I I I think he should be in pinstripes forever. I know he wasn't nearly as effective as he was in the first two three weeks of the season. Uh, I just think you know 
uh, him, him, and and Judge and Stanton. Um, you know, obviously the machine when he comes back healthy. Uh, I I like that. That I I don't know. I kind of dig that. What do you think? What do you think? You know, I think they would like Gallo back at the not Gallo. They'd like Rizzo back at the the right Price. numbers, right? Because you know they they might have to talk about this big money extension with Judge, who yeah. proved all of his doubters wrong no about doubt. staying healthy. He was unbelievable. Um, if if it's the right price, I think they would take him back. Remember, I don't think they want to get into a five or six year deal with a thirty one year old. You see how that worked out with with Lemayu, and you know you mentioned Lemayu as well. Um, he had a really bad year. I mean, you watch every game. He did not play well. That's true. But just the fact that he was not in that lineup last night was really big. Of course. Because if you put him at the top of the lineup, all of a sudden, the Flotsam and the Jetsam after the third spot, it, it gets longer. You could put Rizzo then fifth and Gallo sixth, and it just becomes a different lineup, even with the specter of a diminished LeMayu at the top. So by having the, to IL him because of the hip, that or not the hip, the uh, sports journey, that that played a big role in that weak lineup that they ran out there yesterday. And then, of course, Michael K here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, what would George M. Steinbrenner III say about the guy he gave $300 million to going just two innings in Fenway Park uh, in the do-or-die, all-or-nothing game against the Red Sox? What What about Garrett Cole moving forward here, well, Michael? Well, you know, we, we had a, a two-hour post game on Yes last night, and uh, I think this guy is going to wear this for a long time, but Maybe you won't agree with me on this. I'd go to war with that dude. He didn't choke. He's pitched in big games before and pitched very, very well. He's got great stuff. He had a really good year. He's probably going to finish second in the Cy Young. This is no hack. This is a guy who had a bad game. And, uh, again, I think the Yankees are very fortunate to have him for the next seven years. And I think, you know, he's going to pitch a lot of big games for them. He's going to win more than he's going to lose. And it was one of those things. I think that Aaron Boone lifted him at the right time. But if that's not that game, I pr- he probably gives him six innings of three-run baseball. I think he would have found it and, and found a way. Mm. And I also think that he was probably affected quite a bit by the sticky stuff ban uh, because you know he had probably been learning to pitch that way for the last two or three years. All of a sudden, was taken away because before they came down with the crackdown, Rich, first two months of the season, he was unhittable. So I think he's going to have to solve that issue, but... Again, that's a guy I'd go to war with. I think he, he wears everything on his sleeve. He's a leader in that room. Uh, the players respect him. He gives it his all. Never makes excuses. He would not even make any excuse about the hamstring yesterday. There seemed to be something bothering him. You know, Show Walter, who we did the postgame show on yes with yesterday, he thought that there was something up that he just didn't look like he felt right. But he's not going to make excuses. He's not that guy. But in a very, very big game, he didn't pitch well. But remember, last year he pitched two pretty big games, and he pitched really, really well. So, again, I don't think it was a matter of choking. I think it was a matter of sometimes you're just not going to be great. Hey, man, great. The, the game he pitched this year, Michael, in Houston uh, was, was incredible. Unreal. unreal yeah. And the Yankees needed it in the worst way. And he, like, basically stared at Aaron Boone like, you're not taking me. I don't care what you're doing or what Cashman told you before the game. or Like, like you're not taking me out. And that's the guy that we needed to see last night. That's the guy yeah, you need to see. Yeah, he's a stud. He, he just I, didn't have it. I agree. He did not have it. I agree. And I, I'm just wondering if, you know, obviously you're talking about injuries and the sticky stuff and all that. But after a while, when you're the only guy that you can rely on as the ace, like, I, I wonder if, if if that if that adds up. Because, again, Kluber, Montgomery, Tyone, I mean, you know, Pettit. We're, 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 not, we're not seeing Pettit. We're not seeing Key, you know. Uh, you know, Cone, Wells, not walking through the door. Like, those guys are not walking through the door. And I, 
I guess just to put a fine point on it, is is what does happen? What do you think needs to happen in the next few months? Because the Yankees are, like, I'm seeing the Dodgers, you know, and the Dodgers, they're nervous people here in Los Angeles tonight because they just saw what happened to the Yankees, and the Yankees didn't win 100 million games this year. But they got Scherzer, Urias, I mean, Bueller. I mean, my gosh, the Yankees would get steamrolled by something like that. And the Rays, they don't even have the uh, starters. They got the openers. It doesn't matter for them. So what do you think needs to happen here, Michael? I think there has to be a little bit of a change in in what they do organizationally. Uh, I am all in on analytics. I, I understand the value of it. But what I would like to see is more of a model of what the Red Sox do where they give Cora all this information, and they let him do his thing. And I think that that's the healthy way to do this. But, you know, there are teams that are very successful that do it the way the Yankees do it. Tampa Bay is rigidly analytic. I mean, Kevin Cash is a good manager, but he is executing the script that he's handed down. So either you change the way you do business, Rich, or you change the people that are doing the analytics. Because right now, uh, the Yankees are in the American League East. The Rays aren't going anywhere. The Red Sox, by the way, this was a reload season. They were not supposed to be in the playoffs. They're going to get better because now they'll go over the luxury threshold and they've got a really good GM in Bloom. And then you saw with the, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, that's a team that no one wanted to play in the postseason. So, you know, when Boone said, you know, people are catching up with us, well, you know what, maybe you're falling back just a little bit and they've got to get better. They've got, I think they've got to get more athletic. Um, I think they're too dependent on home runs. And I realize home runs win because, look, Tampa Bay hits a load of home runs. But you know what the difference is, Rich? They don't strike out that they don't, much. They get on base. They all run. They all field. And then, you know, I mean, my God, that, that hit that, uh, that Rizzo set up a judge for the game winner to put them in, you know, Boston last night almost was caught by the second baseman out in short right field. I mean, and mm-hmm. then Gallo – you know, bunted his way on because there were four outfielders. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just don't. That just drives well, me crazy, it, it, man. It's funny uh, because what people were saying on my show last Friday, well, I mean, the Yankees will win these three games because the Rays, you know, they have nothing to play no. for. No, no, you don't get it. No. It's a 28-man roster. Every single one of their guys has a purpose and knows how to play the game the right yeah, way. They do. They can't tank. They're unable to tank because anybody they put in that lineup is going to do the job to the best of their ability. That's a nasty team, and, no, and they all accept their roles. They're not highly paid. They know exactly what they're doing. With a $60 million payroll, they have steamrolled most of the American League. I agree. Before I let you go, Michael K., what is said on the Michael K. show on ESPN New York when the subject matter of Kyrie Irving comes back? I mean, and, and the, the Brooklyn Nets have as great a roster as anybody in this league. I know what they're doing here in Los Angeles, and the defending champs are still Milwaukee in the NBA season that's about to start, but you know, the report by your colleagues on the ESPN television side, Michael, um, Woj and Winhorst saying that the Nets are really going to prepare to have Kyrie for half a year or they're going to trade him? What, what, what is happening there in Brooklyn in the way the fans are handling all that? Well, I mean, the funny part, Rich, is that it's still a Nick town. Right. And whenever we talk Nets, you get some Come you know, traction, but not that many people are, are over, overtly wow. interested. Uh, listen, I'm not going to tell a guy to get a vaccine. Uh, I believe in the vaccine. Obviously, you do as well. I right. know your story. Um, but I think that the NBA threw the Nets a life point. I really did. Uh, by coming out and saying that if you don't play, you're not going to get paid. The Nets would never do that. The Nets are run by Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So if they had done that, you, you would have just ticked off Kevin Durant, and you can't do that. 
the Nets, by acquiring those three guys, have made themselves great, but they've also taken a lot of the power out of the front office hands. Now, whether you think that's right or wrong, Kyrie is a different bird. He's one of the greatest players you'll ever see. But I could see this guy putting his foot down and saying, I don't care if I lose $20 million. I am not taking the vaccine. And I think that could really submarine what this team's trying to do. To have this guy not play on the road, not play a, the couple of games at Madison Square Garden, not play the one game in San Francisco, it'll be a distraction, a constant distraction. He's not even able to practice with the team, Rich, because he's not allowed into the arena or the practice facility in Brooklyn. So I think this is a terrible, terrible uh, thing for the Nets, and I don't know how they're going to get out from under it. And I don't think you could trade him because I don't think that Ky- uh, Kevin would allow it, or Kyrie would want it. Uh, I I don't know, and then you know. Well, Kyrie said that he, you know through back channels that he would retire. Because how, because even if even if let's just say you're, you're you know the the Nets say we'll do you know any Kyrie is better than than no Kyrie. I mean, how do you like play one way at home and one way on the road? You know what I mean? Like, and how do you practice? How do you get anything together gelling as a team? Are they that good that they could actually win a championship like that? I mean, I don't know. You know, I believe it's a nightmare scenario. This is not what they need because Kyrie in his own way is always going to be a little bit of a distraction because he's, you know, he's a different bird. He, He operates on a different wavelength than most of us. And maybe he's smarter than all of us. I don't know. But once you affect what happens on the floor, as you said, you're going to play two different styles, have two different offensive sets to play with him there and with him not there. And he's such an important part of what they do. Now, you know, a team should be able to win a championship with Durant and Harden. But then plugging in and, and pl- taking out a great player out of the mix, it's got to be, it's got to be a detriment to them to, for their ultimate goal. Michael, great season with the Yankees again. Uh, you know, I, I just love listening to you and the rest of the crew. They're so good. Really, it's a terrific broadcast. And I'll say this, you know, I think O'Neill is as good as anybody on television. I think he's incredible. And he's obviously, great. I'm and, biased. And I've Cohen. always said, I don't know if you agree with me, I, I don't know if there's a better analyst in all of sports, even nationally, than David Cohn. Cohn is great, too. I mean, yes, uh, I, I, I shouldn't leave. I knew I'd put it, you in a position of, of leaving somebody out. No, the combination, I think, really works. I mean, I'm probably the worst one of the three. No, but stop the, it. Those two are great together. Stop it. Stop it. You know, but, you you know, you do, you know, the number of people who um, trolled on me on Twitter, including one of my colleagues who's not here today, and Chris Brockman, uh, using the words, see ya, at me. Um <laughs> I just think you should know that um, you know that your words are being thrown back at me, uh, and it's well, not fun. You know what I it's always think, fun. and it's really a sad, sad thing for me, Rich. What is it, Michael? When I die, <laughs> that <laughs> will be the headline. <laughs> oh, wow. Come on, Michael! Maybe putting it on the tombstone. Come on, Michael! <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> see ya. Oh my gosh! See you. <laughs> Oh, my God. The back page of the post. Oh. Michael K. In the meantime, be well. Love you, brother. Take care of yourself. Love you back. Be good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Michael K. right here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. See ya. When he dies. Come on. <laughs> that was could be the best line. That was great. <laughs> oh, I have a single again. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, without Brockman, you get a single. Del love Tufo it. loves this single. I love this single. All right, Urban is spoken. Uh-huh. Um, Matt Nagy has spoken. Justin Fields has spoken. As you know, I've spoken. A lot of people speak. I've spoken, and I'm right a lot. And we've listened, Rich. <laughs> I've been right a lot lately. I'm on a roll. I mean, and by the way, still to come on this show, I told you something oh. was coming, and it, and it arrived yesterday. 
Hashtag I told you so. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is going to be a fun 40 minutes because it's going to be partly about me being right. <laughs> 844-204-RICH. We'll empty the phone banks as well right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs and the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side, helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial. You know, um, Susie was on the phone just a couple of days ago, right? When she, she called and then she she didn't. called and she said, "I didn't want to cut the line, so but I didn't I, want to do that." We had to tell her she. Yeah, her, her brother doesn't care. Yeah, Scott don't care. He'll cut the yeah, line. Yeah, he's cutting the line because <laughs> his Red Sox won last night over my Yankees. Well, and I need, guess he I guess he listened to the beginning of the show because he texted me. He did. Scott Schuster, are you are you there? Is the caller there? Is Scott from Boston on the air? Scott from Natick, you there, Scott? Beachy. So, Uncle Rich, it was a beautiful opening speech you gave today's show. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I, I wish I, I'm just going to have to listen to it again later. <laughs> With a cigarette? With a cigarette, Scott? <laughs> Maybe a cherry class bathrobe. But yeah, it was really good. Um, uh, but you know, I, I feel for you. You know, but you had a good win this week. You had the Jets. Yes, you know, I did. And, um, Michigan. Michigan. I, I had them. Too. I just don't. I, yeah, Michigan was a nice win too. I just Thank don't you. want uh, Boone to get fired. I mean, he's won oh. 98 games a year. I think he should get a lifetime contract. <laughs> oh. that guy. Come on, it wasn't Boone's fault last night, was it? I mean, that, you had to think, and because you were there last night, you had to think that Stanton's first uh, first run, first inning single was a home run off the bat. You had to think that, right? I did. I did. Of course you I did. Was, I was, ex- I, you know, and so apparently to John Sterling. But uh, oh god, that was, boy. <laughs> and, and the guy in ESPN. But whatever. Um, I was just excited to see Garrett Cole do poorly. You know, after last week, if you recall, you know, he he had that thing in the, with the sweep and his wife and his kid in the paper. And, you know, I guess he wasn't that nice to the Red Sox players during the All-Star break. So, 
Oh. Um, you know, when they were at the All-Star Games. So it was kind of cool to see him lose. And, uh, and, and there were a lot of Yankee fans there. I was sitting eight seats away from Bucky Dent. Were you really? Uh, believe it or not. Did you really? Uh, so you were in his area. Your own, your own turned on Garrett. I mean, they were very angry. It was Garrett had a unanimous response. The Red Sox and the Yankees fans were both. You heard if you you heard if Scott if you heard the opening of the show today you heard the stat that I said that the last Yankee pitcher to throw two or fewer innings in Fenway Park but still shoehorn in two home runs given up in those two innings those six or fewer outs was Andy Hawkins in 1990. You don't pay that amount of money to a guy to give you an Andy Hawkins-type performance in an elimination winner-take-all game against your rival. You just don't. So but I'm glad uh, they did. I'm glad they <laughs> did. I enjoyed, I enjoyed every second of it. I mean, mm. that guy had nothing. You know, it was like, I, was, I was actually sad when he got out of the game, you know? Oh, my gosh. Anything else, but Scott, yeah, I should I know? Anything know, else? Anything else? Well, I feel for I feel for you. I feel Thank for you. Mike. I want to invite you guys to join the bandwagon against the mighty... 27 Yankees, I mean the devil, the Rays. Okay. Um, yeah. We'll see if we can do that. And I want to, while I have you on the phone, I just want to say, TJ, I'm rooting for the Cowboys. I know how happy you must be. Thank you, know, you Scott. So, uh, I appreciate you. <laughs> see, I mean, I got the back of the hand yeah, and you got, like, the, you got the extended hand. Well, I don't you know, understand. Scott gave me a great compliment when last time he was here. Was here yeah, so, know you know, I got to ride with him. Okay. You know? Very good. You know, it's been a great, it's been a great 48 hours of sports around here with the uh, Brady Because you went to that uh, game too, right? You went to that game we too. Did. How was that? We did. So, you know, it, it was a kind of a mixed emotions game, but, you know, the former Jet hit the goalpost. What can you tell you? <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, my brother-in-law, Is Scott Schuster. Hey, Scott, did you, did you boo Tom? Like, how, how, no, what was didn't. your response to him? He did not. No, of course not. This Come guy on. played his heart out. And, uh, Please. I was rooting against him. I'm a Patriots fan. Yeah, but how sense. can you boo a guy who played so hard and gave you, you know, everything? But I was also very happy for Mac Jones. I thought he showed it. He got pounded. That offensive line didn't show up that night. He stood right in there. I'm, I'm excited for him. I think it's it's kind of a fun, new thing to start as a Patriots fan. I wish Brady was still here, but if he's not, I think Mac Jones is going to be exciting to watch. All right, Scott. Uh, by the way, congratulate Sam on he's the captain, right? Was he named captain of the baseball team? Yeah, son? you know, and uh, I know mm-hmm. Del Tufo and uh, TJ think he cheated, but you know. Uh, he didn't. You know, he he doesn't have uh, the home he, when he hit that home run. They okay. Were he was pulling a no. He Astros, just throws, and that was not the case. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you guys thought that he got the sign when we showed. Oh, hey, yeah. look, that was don't before, mess with the father. Don't that was mess. before. That was before me and Sam met Scott. So yeah. that once I once I see because I knew Jack right. I knew Jack Schuster. I didn't know Sam. Yeah. Once I met him and saw the type of young man that he was, I was like, "There's no I just way." Knew Scott, well, no uh, since since I know you're a big Mad Dog fan, good spot, Scotty. Good call. Good, good spot, Scotty. All right, ladies good, and gentlemen. Good, right, bro. Good, good spot, Scotty. <laughs> good spot. <laughs> well, we did we we did need some Red Sox gloating in here today. So I know Brockman's yeah, not here. As soon as he was sucked. just like Brockman's not coming in, I could come out. I could I could come <laughs> glow for the Red Sox. Please. But Susie Schuster has to understand that she has carte blanche to cut the phone line at any time she calls. I know in, that, but right? she's like, I don't want to do it. But Scott's like, I'll oh, screw it, I'll do it. <laughs> Shows you the difference. Brockman's got a call. Come on, um, yeah, okay, <laughs> Mike in Orlando. Can we get Mike in Orlando's phone Mike call? Let's get Mike in Orlando's call. What's Mike. up, Mike? You there, Mike? I don't know if he's on. All right, put, put, put him on back hold. on hold. Anybody's on hold, stay on hold. Let's get to some uh, some of these news items here. Okay, so um, last we heard from Urban Meyer was last night, and we played that soundbite on the show earlier saying that you know, the players are going to have to find it within themselves to show their leadership roles. It's really their team, yeah. which I think is kind of an interesting way of like, hey, you're 
you're in, I'm the CEO. I'll take care of this stuff, but you really have to, you know, you're, I'm giving you the, um, I'm treating you like the men that you want to be treated like it's your job to find the reserve to overcome my mistake. It's essentially what it sounded Sounds like. And I'm sure that's not the opinion. That's not what he wants to come across as saying. But the issue is with Urban Meyer is right now is all the things that have happened with him that that offer doubt that personally from this chair, I was providing benefits on those doubts when, you know, he hired the Iowa strength coach who was kicked out of Iowa because of all the things that were reported from him and then they hired him here in the NFL and just like, you know, this is corporate America, sir. Like that's not going to fly. And he had to tell this guy you're out. And then he hires Tim Tebow. And I was like, you know, this is an interesting way to see what he's got. And it's also a way to show the guys in the locker room. I said this, show the guys in the locker room that, Hey, if you do something for me and that means I've got your back forever. If you show me what you can do and give me your all, I got your back. This is the brotherhood of men stuff. And Tebow was my guy from back in the day. And also, he's a guy that I would love for everybody to follow his example on how to live life. And, you know, that's the way I viewed it. Mm -hmm. And him saying we, you know, viewed people's vaccination status around here and making cuts. And then the NFL basically say, what'd you say? And him saying, you know, everybody's Alabama around here, as Vic Fangio said that he said after Denver beat him, saying, boy, everyone's like Alabama around here. And I thought, like, these were all things of a CEO coach who kicked my alma mater's ass and made a ton of bones on that, that this is a guy who knows how to run a football team, and that's the way I viewed it. And then I saw that video on Friday night, from Friday night, Mm -hmm. saw it on Saturday. And I'm like, huh. And now that video plus being 0 and 4 takes everything that I just said and it flips it, at least in my opinion. And a lot of people already thought that. You heard Mike Lombardi come on the show yesterday saying, what are you hiring Tim Tebow for? Like, that's a, like a, to be the third tight end of the team, the guy's 32. That, that's a spot you're paying a million dollars to a guy to do that. That's a rookie's role. Like, this is the way you have to build a roster in the NFL. Like, there's no... There's no alumni association in the NFL. That's the way he viewed it. Now everybody's viewing things differently because he's 0-4. Which makes this weekend pretty big. Which sets up the soundbite from today that hits on the subject matter for me that I saw and thought of when he and the video that, that came out changed a lot of people's opinions or confirmed them. The fact that he did not fly home with his team, and I've never heard of that before. Once again, when we were sending the videos around to each other, my first questions to you guys was, is this from now? How do we know that? Because does that mean that the coach of an own 4 team did not fly back with his team after a loss? And the answer was, yes, it's recent. And yes, he did not fly back with his team. And this was the exchange today on this very subject, because to me, this is the fault line in everything. The rest of the stuff is personal. 
and you don't want your face front guy to have that video out there and you also can't have that face front guy be your face front guy in the locker room telling everybody don't do that sort of stuff but the ultimate is like not flying back with the team here's the question and answer I mean, you stood at that podium in Cincinnati and you said you had a hard-working team. Do you think that taking back on that consideration, that might not have been a good thing to do, to not fly back? Um, I thought at the time, you know, now that I maybe thought it through, but I thought at the time this is a chance for everybody to clear their head, including myself, to with uh, my family located uh, you know, where we were, to go spend a, a day or two with them and then get back. Because I knew I wanted them to get out of Dodge, too, and clear their heads. Well, now, what a misguided sense that is. And it would have been misguided even if he didn't go to his establishment in the video coming out. Yeah, but we wouldn't have known. I know we wouldn't have known, but you know who would have known? His team would have known. Yeah. And that, to me, amongst everything, because I'm sure... Urban, and I'm sure Jacksonville and their front office is thinking, enough talking about this. National media, enough. We get it. It's a big screw-up. We get it. Like, why do you keep talking about it? I mean, this is the third time we've the subject matter's come up today because of the news cycle of, we talked about what we heard from last night, and now we're talking about what we're hearing from today, and the news cycle's going to end because it, unless we learn something more, between now and Sunday. And it's all going to be about Sunday, as I said earlier in the show, what a big game this is to see how the players respond. But the reason why we're talking about this, twofold. One, Jacksonville hired the most high-profile college coach you could hire that was available mm-hmm. or willing to, willing to come. Only one more high-profile and willing that would be not willing to come, but the only one more high-profile would be Nick Saban. Honestly. Yeah. You hired one of the winningest college football coaches ever, who's never done the NFL before, and you hooked him up with Trevor Lawrence, who's one of the most generationally talented quarterbacks to be drafted in a long time. So you're inviting a national spotlight to come in just by doing that alone to see how it's going to work. That's the one of the season-long storyline arcs of the NFL season, is how is Urban Meyer going to do in his first year? Well, four weeks in, now we're already talking about quite a bit. That's number one. But number two is the ultimate, boiling it all down, is Urban Meyer, after losing a football game, thought it would be best for everyone to take a break and he would not fly back with his team, which does not fly in the NFL. Mike Lombardi, who's been around forever, and Amy Trask, who's been associated with the league for a long time, both of them, interestingly enough, from the Raiders organization, saying that they've never heard of a coach not fly back with a team. That was my first reaction as well when this video came out. And boiling it all down is nobody in the Jacksonville organization, which is associated with the NFL, from Trent Baalke to the ownership, maybe not know, didn't know about it, but Trent Baalke, how do they not say, Urban, you can't do that? Not here. Let us help you. There are some things you don't know in the NFL. And ever, you know, from hiring that strength coach that you hired to going to Tim Tebow. We let you do all of this stuff. What you said about vaccination, all of that stuff. That's done differently here. Done differently. You can't do that. You got to fly home with the team and then take your time off. Go. Whatever. 
But instead, the head coach of a team said, let's all clear our heads and come back. But then he wasn't on the plane. That's the ultimate problem. That a win this weekend can kind of get everyone back on the same page. Hopefully for them. Hopefully for them. But. But the ultimate question is why wasn't he on that team playing? And who let him do all that? And then allowing that opportunity, having a coach who thought that it was, oh, you know, fine to just hang out in the manner in which he hung out. Knowing deep down he's got a locker room full of men who are going to say, well, you stuck around last time. Why can't I stick around? And you did this. Why can't I do that? I mean, all that together is 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 something that Jacksonville, it's Humpty Dumpty that they're going to have to put back together again. And that's one of the season-long storyline arcs is how will Urban fare? Well, will he get the full arc right now is the where we're at four games into the arc. We're still We're still... We're still not at the apex of the arc going down. Another storyline coming into the season is rookie quarterbacks. How are things going to fare? Matt Nagy came on this show after drafting Justin Fields. That I, the plan is what I saw in Kansas City firsthand, resting uh, Patrick Mahomes all year or sitting him out all year and learning it, Alex Smith, and he got it in week number 17, and then look at him. That's what we want to do with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. And I'm like, I don't know if you're going to have a chance to do that. And then we all know what happened. This past week, he's, even after Justin Fields responds to a nine-sack day with his first career win, yeah, it's still Andy Dalton's job when he's healthy. And I basically said, love the guy. Matt Nagy, you're going to get God if you stick with this. Because the fan base wants him. And if you don't do this, you're telling the fan base, I don't get you. And also... The guy who's going to keep you long-term employed in Chicago is not like, boy, boy, you figured out what to do with Andy Dalton while we were waiting for Justin Fields to mature. Yeah, we need that guy around. No, no, no. It's what do you do with Justin Fields? That's how you're gainfully employed in Chicago for a long time. Here's Matt Nagy today. I told you the last couple of weeks we've had some some good conversations internally. Um, it's, it's helped us in the last couple of weeks. Continuing that process this week, it's uh, it's it's led to making the decision to move with Justin as a starter. Um, you know, we've been patient with this. Uh, we've grown with him. We're proud of Justin. Uh, he's been a great teammate from the very beginning. And I think what needs to be understood is that um, from Justin's side, you know, with the injury, the, the, the plan and the process that we had going into this, um, was important to understand, and and then when Andy unfortunately got hurt with his with his knee, that sped the process up. That sped the plan up. And so, um, I've always said from the beginning to everybody in here, to our players, coaches, to to to, to y'all when y'all ask, is that um, we'll know. And um, he's done everything to to show us that he's ready for this opportunity. Good luck, man. Because you know that and that. That's a reasonable explanation if he didn't come out and say just 24, 48 hours ago that it's, it's Andy Dalton's job when he's healthy. And so what, what happened with those internal discussions, uh, all that stuff, it doesn't make much sense. But guess what? It doesn't matter, man. Because they wound up with the right choice for Bears fans and to see what this kid can do. Here was Justin Fields' reaction 
when asked about how it landed on him that he finally heard from his coach it's his job and Nagy said the right things we believe in Justin apparently he was told last night my parents were actually at my house last night I told them and um they wanted to go out to celebrate and <laughs> told them nah I'm, I'm cool um because I'm kind of winning this weekend so um I mean there's nothing I mean of course there's you know some some reason to celebrate but um you know I'm not just gonna be complacent with where I'm at. I'm, I'm gonna continue to grow, continue to get better, and um, just just try to work hard each and every day to you know get good wins on on Sunday. So they didn't go out without you. They went out without me. Yeah. So <laughs> nice. where'd they go? At home. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where they went last night. But yeah, they they def they went out without me last so you night. Celebrate by were you just home alone? I was just home. Yeah, with with my dog Uno watching film last night. So uh, that's that's all I was doing. Good for him, man. <laughs> I love it. Congrats, Bears fans. You got you got a kid that you can believe in. My gosh, what that feels like. I'm so many Jet fan friends of mine, my nephew, my brother, are all like, can we believe in Zach? And I'm like, it seems like it. Bears fans, just congratulations. And then, you know, that's just the the highbrow. But I'll 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 allow myself this just for a moment. I'm sorry. And I apologize yeah. in advance. But say it with your chest. Now. It looks like not every Ohio State person goes to the steakhouse at night. And stays home and does the responsible thing. <laughs> oh man, why does that make me feel better? Even though I know that that's just like on it. It's you know, it's just not the you know. It's Tom Petty right uh, there. Is that what it is? It's Tom, Tom Petty. Petty. Oh, right. Don't come around oh, here. Oh no my more. gosh, I don't know why. I just why you know. Just, you won't back down. Stay home with Uno. If only watch film. That was across the board for everyone in the NFL <laughs> from Ohio State. He didn't, okay. want, he didn't want to get that lap dance oh, here for free. Is man, that what you're saying? Why did I say that? <laughs> oh, baby, you want me? All right, now let's take a break. <laughs> when we come back, uh, more of your phone calls. And yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I told you this was going to happen too. I told you Fields is going to be the starter. He's not coming out. I told you this too, and I was right. Oh, this is so much Can fun. I get them Powerball numbers? What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, let's take a couple phone calls quickly, can okay. uh, best we can here because they've been they've been hanging on for a bit here. Mike's back on. Uh, Mike in Orlando, you you there, Mike? Hey, Rich, how you doing? What's there going on, brother? Call. Hey, Mike. Uh, well, I apologize for being an idiot the first time you, you tried okay. to you know reach okay. me. Um, I had the phone on mute, so okay. that's on me. All good. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate the uh, appreciate the time. I uh, wanted to vent about the Yankees because I'm a I'm a suffering Yankee fan today, like you are. Uh huh. 
Um, I really miss George Steinbrenner because if he were alive today, I think he would just settle all family business and um, show Cashman the door, show Boone the door. Yeah, show, I know. I, I know. But I, and, and I feel the same way, too. Like, I, you want a red wedding. But don't forget, George had to go away and be sent away by Major League Baseball. So he stopped trading everyone away to Seattle. And, and, and Gene Michael and Bob Watson could come in and yep. build a Yankee team that was generationally great. So it's not like, I, I completely agree. You know what I mean? So inherited. That's what he didn't do. Any, but what's he done? What's Brian Cashman done in the last 12, 13 years to warrant trust from Hal Steinbrenner and the Steinbrenner family to go, yes, you're our guy. I mean, winning 95 games a year in the regular season is great. You know, that's great for the Oakland Athletics. It's great for Moneyball. But when you get to the postseason, you need good strong, good strong starting pitching, which the Yankees don't have. You need situational hitting. You need to, you know, run the bases better. Right. Um, it's just, I, I, yeah, I would, um, and the roster, I would completely blow it up. And here's something radical, and I'd like to hear your get your take on this. Uh-huh. Do you really think Aaron Judge is going to age well as he progresses oh, yeah. into his oh. mid to late thir- mid mid to early thirties? Oh yeah, thirties. I wouldn't be worried about that. I, I might be wrong, but okay. Oh okay. God, no. He's, he's just. I mean, why wouldn't you I mean, want? Yeah, I no, mean, what a, a face a of a franchise. He's like G. He's like G. He's a taller, bigger Jeter. I mean, that's who. That's basically what you're looking at. I. I, I mean, right. and this year alone just shows you. I mean, all the stuff like yeah, but yeah, but even when he came up it was like he's up too early. I mean, the guy's had nothing but doubters for somebody who's been amazing. He's an incredible. The Yankees should lock him up and throw away the you. key. Lock him up, throw away the key. Throw it away. Because the key's already been thrown away with Stanton's contract. And with Stanton finally, I think it's Stanton, thanks for the call. Stanton just got over the hump this year. I'll tell you that. He got over the hump. He knows what it's like to play in this, in this, in this uh, fishbowl. Looks like he can handle it. Lock it up, throw away the key. Now then, the subject matter of Justin Fields starting for the uh, Chicago Bears. Once he got, I was saying you got to play him, mm-hmm. right? And then once he got in, I'm like, he's going to stay there. He's going to stay there. They're not going to take him out. And then I heard this week the coach saying they'll take him out if Andy Dalton's healthy. And I'm like, what? What? That's crazy. That's the way you get got. That's the way that, uh, you know, coaches get got. Because <laughs> eventually management's going to side with the kid that they put all the draft capital in, and they're going to find a coach who's going to actually coach him better. That's how Nagy got the job. Trubisky, we got him. We're going to put our, we got to put our capital in him. Let's hire Matt Nagy. He wins coach of the year, and then all of a sudden nothing really happens. Trubisky's now backing up in Chicago. But then he got a second chance. Usually you don't get that as a coach. Justin Fields, you got to keep him in. What are you doing? That's where you can get caught. What happened? Internal discussions. Who's now the quarterback? Justin Fields. Now, you can sit there and go, Rich, that's football. You know football. Well, guess what? I have an all-sports resume. <laughs> I used to be on SportsCenter back in the day. And uh, maybe sometimes, maybe sometimes, I can pull this off in the world of golf. This was from uh, the practice day, the when uh, after the practice, first practice day of Ryder Cup week, just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Roll this tape, please. I'm going to go out and make a prediction here. Mm-hmm. U.S. is going to win the Ryder Cup. Okay. Like, Brooks and Bryson are going to still grind a little gears, okay. but they're going to win together. And then we're going to see these two guys together. Like, I just, you know what this gets? It gives me a feel of um, prize fighters who see each other somewhere and then they fight each other. I'm just, I'm... 
I'm smelling Interesting. they're going to cash in on this. You think they're, they're going to do Fallon together? No. Celebrity boxing? No. <laughs> Celebrity what, death match. What happens every <laughs> Thanksgiving? I love that. The match? Oh. They're going to do a yeah. match together? Yeah. Everybody's been talking about it. Why wouldn't they? Okay. 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 What happened um, yesterday? What was announced? The match has been announced. The match has been announced. Uh, and the uh, match that's been announced... It's Kepka versus DeChambeau. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I just got a sense at the Ryder Cup when they were talking to each other, and Kepka put DeChambeau on the paint on mindless. Didn't want to talk about him. Didn't want to, you know, kind of, you know, occasionally would just like fire a dart or two during his mm-hmm. Twitter account. But he was kind of talking about Bryson more than it's felt like to me. They, they were normally he's on a paint on mindless, but now they were actually. Together, and it felt more than just the Ryder Cup to me. It felt like they had a business deal together. Look what they've got. They got the match. They got a business deal together. This is why you take in this show. You know, TJ, <laughs> yes, Rich. you may ask me, how does it feel to be right? Well, let me ask you, Rich. No, you don't have to. I'll just okay. ask it myself. <laughs> that feels great. Not right a lot. But I just smelled it. I'm like, it seems like Kepka's talking about DeChambeau more, mm-hmm. tweeting about it more. And they're also a little chatty. They're going for it. And you're going to play it up. They're going to play it up. And then I don't know what's going to happen after this. Maybe they'll be, they'll take the air out of the rivalry. Doesn't matter. It the puts, celebs will be interesting. To puts see more in the get. bank, more in the account. Who are they going to get to partner with them? There it is. Rich Eisen with the DeChambeau, <laughs> Brooks Kepka crystal ball. I do have a crystal ball. Now That's look- why you take in this show, yeah. everybody. And thanks for taking in this Wednesday. Appreciate y'all. And we'll wrap up this show in a moment on Peacock. 